You're listening to Who's Your Single. Join us on our quest to pick more winners at the racetrack. And now, here's the leader of FBG Nation, Dan Cronin, joined by yours truly, CC Broadus. Everybody, welcome to this weekend's edition of Who's Your Single for February 10th, 2024. We're recording this on Thursday night. I'm CC Broadus, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, and that is Dan Cronin, who is the fearless leader of Fatball Guy Racing, FBG Mobile. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing good, and we got to mention that uh, you put us on to a winner last week. At Turfway, after my horse scratched, it, it paid for a lot of lunches this week. Surly Furious. Yep, thank you so much. <laughs> but, yeah, well, broken clock's right twice a day, so the broken <laughs> clock still has me beat. So, uh, for, before we get started, I, I always try to forget this, but I, I'm, I'm doing better. Like us, follow us, subscribe, leave a nice comment. And we'll just leave it at that. Now, let's get into the uh, the the news of the weekend. There were several derby preps over the weekend. Uh, Nysos won the Bob Lewis for Bob Baffert. And Mystic Dan was impressive when he won the Southwest on a muddy track at Oaklawn. Uh, Hades upset the two-year-old champion Fierceness in the Holy Bull at Gulfstream. And then uh, Uncle, Uncle Heavy won the Wither Stakes. At Aqueduct, uh, any of those strike your fancy over the past weekend, Dan? Well, obviously, Nysos is uh, <laughs> incredibly nice, but since he can't run in the Derby, we'll we'll wait till the day after the Derby to talk about him. Uh, Mystic Dan was one that, if you remember, we had a big tip on the first time he ran, and he was like twelve to one, and you actually sent a message if you remember this. Does it scare you he's so dead on the board? And we all kept looking at each other, you know, on our WhatsApp, like, well, what do we do? <laughs> you know, he's so dead. And, you know, obviously he ran a gigantic race that day and he got beat a nose on the last step by Ag- Agos, I think it's pronounced, who's a really nice sprinter. And uh, so the fact that that he was able to sit – in the pocket, in the slop, and then accelerate through that hole on the fence. You know, you you could take slop races a lot of different ways. And, okay, so maybe he ran fast because of the slop. Well, he didn't get through the hole in two jumps because of the slop. So he showed something that he's never shown before, the ability to sit, relax, and explode when the rider asked him, through that hole that is very significant for the first Saturday in May. And then to run away like that, too. I mean, he, he ran away. He didn't have to run away. I mean, he could have staggered home. And then, of course, we'd all been like, well, it was the mud. But when they run away like that, after shooting through a hole and then post a 101 buyer number, to me, you really got to add him to your list until he does something wrong because I'm huge buyer number guy when it comes to the Derby and the history of what numbers you got to run 
previous, and we could do a whole show on that. But for a horse that's got two preps from January 1 to the Derby, they got to run at least a 96 or it's like 25 out of 27 years. They just do not win the Derby. And the ones that have won were 50 to 1, 40 to 1. So every logical winner has run at least a 96 with two two preps. And if they end up with three preps, they run at least a 101. So he's got it now. He's got the 101. So whether he runs two preps or three preps is now insignificant. He can win the race is what I'm trying to say. So he's got to be on the short list, whether you pitch him late or not. He has to be on your short list now. So I, I think that was a very significant thing that happened this weekend. For me, yeah, I'm like you. He's on the short list for sure. And that was a great ride by Brian Hernandez, too, uh, getting over to the rail, saving ground on both turns. I would like to see him repeat that on a dry track. And, I mean, yeah, and if he could do that again, he's a bona fide top three, top four choice in the Derby, yeah. despite his pedigree. His pedigree is a little short by golden right. sense. But Now, do know. they keep him at Oakland or do they bring him to the Bluegrass because Kenny loves to win at Keeneland? That's a good question. There's a lot of options, really. I mean, they 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 could run a race in between the the rebels coming up uh, early March. That's like a million dollar race. So yeah, he may he may fit two more preps into the horse uh, prior to the Derby. So that'd be fun to watch. Put that one on your watch list, Mystic Dan. Now I know why you like the horse. He named after you. <laughs> yeah, wise Dan, successful Dan, now Mystic Dan. Yeah, must be nice. All the horses named after me are slow. <laughs> All right, before we get into uh, our selections for the weekend, uh get asked this a lot. We we always blow it when it comes to racing terminology. We 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 talk like it's a different language. Sometimes we just need to slow down and describe. Sometimes, you know, when we when we say something that's uh, kind of off the wall, we we need to describe it to people that are new. Obviously, a lot of people that are listening to this know what a single is. Dan, I'm going to ask you, just for the newbies out there, maybe people just now, you know, getting their feet wet into uh, betting on horses, what exactly is a single? Okay, a single, whether it's a double, pick three, pick four, pick five, doesn't matter, pick six, it's the race where you only take one horse. So you could take three, four, five horses in other races, depending on your budget, but one specific race in that sequence, we firmly believe you have to have a single because it keeps the price of your ticket down and gives you options in the other races as you're starting to get to your budget. So we always say you got to find a single where you take one horse in your favorite race, whatever that may be, whoever you like the best in that sequence, that's the horse that you single and so you're only times one as you're starting to do those multiples. Yeah, and that's uh, very important in in just budget management. You know, you just can't you just can't play four horses in every race. Otherwise, you're not going to get a lot of coverage. I mean, it's all about playing your opinion as well. That's what this game's all about is having having a good opinion and and, and backing it up at the windows. So there you go. There's racing terminology 101 for this weekend. So. Let's go to our first uh, race we're going to cover. This is race number two at the fairgrounds. 
an allowance optional claimer, $59,000 purse, six furlongs. These are for Louisiana bred fillies and mares, four and up. They've never won two races other than maiden claiming, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Dan, who do you like here in race number two? Well, I like the third choice in here, and that's Cajun Ninja. He's three, or she's three to one on the morning line. I think you'll get every bit of that because for Olivia, the five horse, is probably going to be six to five. She's three for four life. She's beaten our horse two back. She did get beaten her last start, and I really believe she showed some kinks in the armor there in that last start. Her number drastically went down. She had an easy lead. She had no excuse. While our horse, Cajun Ninja, came out of the race two back, stepped into a, a race very similar, not a three life, from the rail, and just win going away in hand as easy as you could win. The number was very good coming back. And if she's improving, and it looks like she is, she's going to be really tough because she's going to sit right behind for Olivia probably sit second, maybe third, and she's going to make her run. And if she runs those numbers that she ran the last two starts, I really believe she's going to run the favorite down, nail her on the wire, and we're going to get probably 8 to $9 for this one. Sounds good. This is a compact field of six. And, uh, yeah, three to one on the morning line for Cajun Ninja. That's the four horse in race number two. Now we're going to go to Gulfstream, and we're going to go to race six at Gulfstream, and this is a field of 10, made in special weight for three-year-olds, and it's a mile on the grass. That's a two-turn mile at Gulfstream, and who did you land on in race number six? I'd like to, yeah, I want to hear you pronounce this one. <laughs> Captain Bob's 2029? 20, I <laughs> Cap, yeah, you, you're close. Captain Bob's B29. B29. Okay. That's a mouthful. I, mouth I didn't want to say the BS part. <laughs> <laughs> but this hey, now, was, we don't have know, a morning line again, so we're, 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 we're going to just guess at the morning line. Well, it, it ju I just saw it come out. It's not, uh, he, he's nine to two. Nice. Yep. He's a, he's a Todd Pletcher, one start horse. Ran back at Saratoga on the dirt, in the mud, was four to one, hit the gate at the start. And if you watch that replay, he was eliminated at the start. We can just be honest about that. He was completely eliminated at the start. So the entire race was a wash, but he didn't run bad. He broke eighth, ran fourth, and then he goes on the shelf. So he probably got hurt in the gate. Uh, when I watch it, at least, I think he got hurt in the gate. And so then they gelded him. They wait until, until February to bring him back. So, you know, they waited, what, five months. He gets Lasix, and now they're putting him on the turf where he probably should have been all along out of Air Force Blue, Warfront, uh, you know, bred, bred to be on the turf, no question about it. And when I watched his last couple works, I, I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, he didn't look, he didn't look great, and it didn't look like somebody that, you know, I was going to run out and think, oh, my God. But there's a reason they paid 7000 for the horse, not 700000 You know, obviously, there's some holes there. But when you look at this race, there's really not anything in here. 
you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing that would jump off the page where you're like, well, that horse is going to run an 80 buyer number. So I think, you know, Irad went to this mount. He could have probably rode five horses in here. And he, he decides to ride the Pletcher. And we get the rail going a mile on the turf. Maybe we send a little bit out of the gate, get position. And, you know, at four or five to one, it's uh, to me, it's worth a shot. It's in the middle pick four. So you can spread out around this horse and take a few shots. And uh, I think the, if I remember right, the pick four starts the fifth race, I believe. Yeah, fifth race. So um, I, I think we got a big chance here. Todd Pletcher and Arad Ortiz over the last 365 days at Gulfstream Park, 31% out of 110 starters. That's pretty amazing. That uh, that horse, they only gave 7000 for him. The mother is a stakes winner. I know that name well money. I think she was a stakes winner out in California. So the pedigree is there for sure. So good. That's a, that's a good price, nine to two. Now let's go to race number eight at Gulfstream. It's a maiden special weight, this time on the dirt, three-quarters of a mile, six furlongs. Maiden's three years old. And we've got a morning line here on your horse, uh, nine to five. And who's your horse? Not surprising. I, I, I think he'll end up being even money, maybe even under even money. And here's why before we get into what he looked like in the workouts. He's owned by my racehorse, who's probably got about 3,000 owners. So every Tom, Dick, and Harry that owns one toenail of this horse is going to bet on him because they've been telling the ownership how great this horse is now for six months. So the, they all of them cannot wait for this horse to run. So you're going to take all you're going to take all the worst of it there. So at first I was going to go ahead and try to beat this horse with Hunt Ball the ten or the one. Uh, it's my life who looked really good working out, and that eight to one's never going to hold. Uh, that horse will be probably five to two, three to one because he he looked really nice in a workout too. And that one's out of into mischief for uh, Gustavo Delgado. Uh, really worked well the other day. But then I watched the secret crush work. And the work was against Express Man. So people that don't follow it as close as me and you, Express Man is a stakes horse. A horse that runs second in a top flight race in the country against winners. This horse has never run before, is running against maidens, which means they've never run before. And he gets a perfect post in the eight hole against a bunch of other maidens. And it looks like, on paper at least, that it's a three-horse race. He's got to beat the one and he's got to beat the ten. The rest of them should have no bearing on this horse at all if he runs to his work. He outworked a stakes horse. That just does not happen. It just doesn't happen. So if the gate opens and he comes out and he's one, two, three out of the gate, I, I, I think this horse is probably going to put on a show. But I know the one and ten are both pretty good too. So he's going to have to to win. And if the 13 draws in, that changes everything because the 13 may end up favored. Then we might end up getting two to one. But if the 13 does not draw in, this horse is going to be even money. Yeah, I'm looking at 13. He lost last time to Born Noble. That was another Todd Fletcher horse. 
that uh, disappointed over the weekend at Gulfstream. So, yeah, there we go. Nine to five, hopefully hopefully higher than that. Maybe this 13 will draw in. We'll get a better price on our horse. In race number eight, now we're going to go to Turfway Park. And this is, this is, uh, we're going to race five now. Race five. This is the end of the early pick five and the beginning of the late pick five. So you gotta, you gotta nail this one. Or it's exactly. Gonna be you gotta be yeah. right. You gotta be right here. And, yeah. I call um, this the pivot race. So, right. uh, this allowance optional claimer, 78,000 our purse, three quarters of a mile, three, three and up, which have never won 7,500 twice other than maiden claiming starter. And, and, who did we land on in race number five? Well, I like Shefflin the favorite. Um, and I don't really think there's a lot of options in the early or the late pick five if you don't want to single this horse. Maybe there's a horse in the third on the outside that you could single. But the, especially the late pick five, the last four races at Turfway Saturday night are absolutely impossible. They are so difficult. They're almost begging you to single in the fifth race. And to me, Shefflin win a race to start his career at Churchill Downs. I mean, that's hard enough to do. I mean, Churchill's one of the top two or three tracks in the country. And then he did it on Breeders' Cup weekend, too. So, very good fields. He was four, almost five to one in there, and he win by a half a length. He comes to Turfway Park against open winners, optional 25, and he gets beat a half a length. He was not the favorite in there. Run a really solid race. Then he comes back in the same level, and he just airs them. Wins as easy as you could possibly win. And now he comes back in a very similar race again. You know, not a ton in here. And he's running numbers, on paper at least, that the rest of the field just cannot run. I mean, if he pops a 90 or 91 buyer number again, there's nobody that's going to get near him. He's going to sit second or third in the pocket, and he's going to just explode through at the head of the lane, and and they're all going to be chasing him, trying to get him, and hopefully, you know, hoping he stops. I think page one, the seven for Paula Lobo with Machado has probably got the best the best chance, but I think that's another telltale sign that we got the right horse because. Corrales rides first call for Paula Lobo. He rides every horse for Lobo that's any good. He's rode page one nine straight times. And he jumps off of page one to to ride Shefflin. So that's got to tell you right there that if, if the top rider at Turfway and his agent think this horse is better and better enough to tell Lobo, hey, sorry, you got to get another rider, to me, that's that's a big sign, and uh, maybe we'll get six to five, maybe we'll get two to one, but I don't really care to be honest with you because in the pick five, the pick five is so hard in the late pick five for sure, and if we just get to the horse in the early pick five, I don't care what they bet him to, I just want him to win so I can spread like mad in those last four races and have a real chance to win a bunch of money. Because there's some big long shots in those last four races that got a chance. Gerardo Corrales and Bill Morey, last 365 days together, again, 31%. Now, out of a smaller sample size, 45 starters. 
still that's a that's a strong percentage, a strong win percentage. And I yes, think the 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 uh the presence of page one seven and the ten counter strike will keep the price on your horse honest. So I think you'll you'll get your morning line, hopefully, on that horse if you just wanted to play a, a win bet. So all right, that's our that's our four horses for Saturday. Uh, uh, exciting quartet. Uh, we'll go over them real quick. Fairgrounds race number two, Cajun Ninja, three to one. Two horses at Gulfstream in the sixth race. Captain Bob's B29. Uh, we believe, yeah, nine to two was the morning line. And then the eighth race, Secret Crush, nine to five. Turfway Park in the fifth race, Shefflin, two to one. Now, we want to remind people though, there's more that, more to it than that. We've got, uh, several racetracks on Saturday. Dan's got a couple horses we did not, we did not mention. Uh, and, uh, without, without giving out the information, uh, tell us about those, uh, two horses. I think they're both at fairgrounds, right? Yes. Now I'll, I'll talk about one of them a little bit without naming him, but, uh, I, this horse is eight to one morning line. If I get eight to one, I'll be in the arena at Fifth Third Arena getting ready to watch Houston play Cincinnati. I will be outside on my phone <laughs> watching this race right at tip-off because the race is going to go off right about tip-off. I absolutely love a horse that's 8-1. to one. He fits everything that I preach. One start, solid first race, didn't didn't come out of the gate really well. He's going to pop the gate this time. He's got a better rider this time. The field's not that great, and his price, they they missed it, in my estimation. The morning line people completely missed this horse, and I'm praying that he stays hidden at 8-1 to so we can all cash on Saturday because I think he's going right to the lead, and he'll be gone, and he's going to run a number that's – if he runs the number that I'm thinking he's going to run that I've projected, he's going to win by four to five lengths. So that's how excited I am about this horse at the fairgrounds on Saturday. Okay. You can find all that information out at fatballguyracing.com. Uh, and then we want to remind you that uh, our guest this week on the Auxiliary Gate podcast was John Ennis, who's having a tremendous meet so far at Turfway and had a good time talking with him. Uh, next week, a big weekend of racing. Of course, the Risen Star Stakes caps a, a big day at fairgrounds. We're going to have a Beard Course podcast for you with Jeff Riggs. He's going to uh, have a guest and go over those races at fairgrounds. And, uh, of course, we'll be right here with Hoosier Single and hopefully have a few more winners uh, next weekend as well. So uh, uh, any parting thoughts, Dan? Save some money for this weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So uh, that's all for now. Good luck this weekend. And we want to remind everybody as you're betting the races that uh, gambling money ain't got no home.